It is Locked On Jazz for the 30th of November. Where has the defense gone? We're ranked 30th over the last five games, and we're not forcing any turnovers. We'll talk about that. Some offensive numbers are awfully impressive, though, by Colin Sexton recently. And who's most impacted by not having Mike Conley on the floor in shooting? And the Clippers are in the house third time we play them. And they've gotten hot without PG and without Kawhi Leonard. How are they doing it? We'll talk about it all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and most of all, hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thanks so very much for making Locked on Jazz our first listen every single day. We are free. We are on all your podcasting apps. The one you're listening to right now, is the easiest one to find it because that's where you already found it. And we're also on YouTube where we have good chat rooms going on, good community. Uh, try to premiere that if we're on a regular schedule, which we are right now at 8.30 every morning. Um, it's kind of nice. Slept in the same bed a few nights in a row. It's kind of great. I kind of love it. All right. Um, the Jazz defense has left the building. Uh, and we're going to talk about that today. Uh, there are some really fun offensive numbers of guys developing with this opportunity to spread their wings as we kind of are referring to it even more. Um, and there are some guys that without Mike Conley are really being impacted because the ball's not popping and moving like it kind of once did. So we're going to touch on all of those things um, on the show and then get you ready for the Clippers game tonight, 7 o'clock tonight, LA Clippers uh, coming up. Today's show is brought to you by Sweat Block. Uh, if you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweat Block. Save 20% with promo code LOCKEDON at sweatblock.com, available on Amazon as well. All right, so, you know, we talked about yesterday that we're losing the clutch without Mike. That's, that we kind of think have established. Um, that one's pretty obvious. But the other thing that's happened is our defense is gone, like gone, gone. Um, we're 30th in the NBA in defense over the last five games. So that's last. Uh, our defensive rating is a 122.9. I- I'll be honest, I was not expecting the lack of Mike Conley to suddenly cause the defense to fall apart. Um, that That's a little different than I think most of us expected, frankly. Um, why? The only thought I can have is that Mike has you in order and structure, Um at all times, and so therefore you're not being mismatched or caught off guard as often as we are right now in transition uh, would be one of the ideas. Um, The other is it could just be happenstance. Uh, And the other is that Mike's actually just really a lot better on the ball than we realize. He had a really good pick-and-roll defensive year last year uh, with Rudy, and the feeling was, well, that's because of Rudy, and then the other feeling was that, you know, we all remember Jalen Brunson kind of bogarting him in the paint and overwhelming him, but there aren't actually that many guys who do that. Um, and so I think that that can get a little misleading that they're for, you know, you're not see it's, we see it, it jumps out to you. Um, however, when you dig into that, I think what you find out is that, well, maybe actually that doesn't happen as often as you think. So I think Mike's first thing is I think Mike's 
better defensively than any of us realize. So if you look over the last five games, our defensive rating is a 122.9. Portland's is a 121.1. League average is a 113.0. So we're nearly 10 points, exactly, 9.9. 10 points worse than the average team in the NBA defensively right now. That's a lot. Um, Our offense is still kind of cooking. We're seventh. Uh, We talked about the greatest offense in the NBA in Chicago, excuse me, in Boston, they're 127. And so they're 15 points over the last five games better than everyone else. Um, but so we're 10 points worse than league average. So what, what's going on with that? What's, what's the reason for it? This is where you dig into those four factors, um, the effective field goal percentage, the free throw rate and the defensive terms. I mean, and so the first one is allowing how we're doing against the shot. Well, this is super interesting. We're actually defending the shot really well. We're 13th in the league in effective field goal percentage defense over the last five games. Well, that's that's super good. Like, that's a really, really good sign. Um, that's, okay, that's the number one most important thing is to defend the shot. The other one we're really good at is shot distribution, which I think is important sign of good coaching, is if you look at the shot frequency of what we've been, and this is, you know, look at it since the Portland game. I know I walked away from the mic. So we look back to the 20th of November. Feels like it's been longer than that. Um, Look back at the 20th of November, which is the day after the Portland game. You just get our five games. And you look at our shot distribution. You actually, we're still, we're, we're doing a pretty good job. We're the number one team in denying threes in this time period where our offense is the worst. I mean, where our defense is the worst. We're the number one team in the league in where people are taking their shots from in in those five games. Our location effective field goal percentage is 52.6. We're eighth in the league in defending the rim, denying the rim. Number one in the league in not allowing threes. We're 27% not allowing threes. Like, incredible number. Great. These are, like, super signs. Like, us, Phoenix, Atlanta. And really, us and Phoenix. Atlanta's allowing 32% of their shots as threes. Jazz and Phoenix are allowing 27%. So this is like super good sign if you're trying to figure out, you know, what's going on with the team, what's gone wrong. Like this would bother me is if since November 20th, which is the first game, 21st against Clippers, first game we played without Mike. So to some extent what's happening here is we are getting a little bit unlucky. Teams are shooting 48% on corner threes against us all of a sudden. Short sample size, they're 14 of 29. Teams are shooting 27, 39% from three against us, which is 52 of 133. And teams are up to 71% at the rim against us, which I think is related to some other things. But the two things, like your defense is horrendous. If you can't defend the shot, you got no chance. Okay, what, what gets interesting here next, though, is you start to look at us. What, so that how come if we're defending the shot well, and our defense has completely left the building, and we're the worst defensive team in the league, and we're 10 points worse than league average. Like, those numbers are daunting. Like, let's not, like, don't, despite the positivity of what I just gave you, let's not, like, pretend that those other ones didn't exist right there. So what is going on? Well, we're 29th in the league enforcing turnovers all of a sudden. The whole concept of what we wanted to be as a team was this chaos-creating turnover machine. And early in the year we were. We went... We're not. We're 29th in the league in forcing turnovers over the last five games. We're only 12% of our possessions were turnovers, so we're just allowing teams to get a ton of shots off. We were forcing turnovers 
getting out running off him a little bit. And we were wrecking some havoc. But that's just not actually happening anymore. We were, we've, I think, at forced turnovers, seven or fewer turnovers in three of the last four games. Which, you know, makes it hard for us to live. Because that's not what we want to do. The other one is we're not rebounding at all. Okay, so we're doing a nice job against the shot, which is incredible that we can have that kind of shot distribution and also be last in the NBA in defensive rebounding. Not just in clutch. We talked about it yesterday in clutch that our defensive rebounding rate is below 50% in the final five minutes of games right now. It's been obviously true, but we're allowing overall 34% of the opponent's missed shots to be grabbed by offensive rebounds. So we're the worst defensive team in the league right now because we're not forcing any turnovers, and then we're giving them extra possessions over the last five games since Mike's gone out. Mike's not a great rebounder, but that's the answer. Those are, to some extent, maybe fixable. Like, we're not a great rebounding team. Will Hardy said it the other day. It's, it's got to be a group effort and a ton of different guys getting in there and helping with rebounds. It has to be, uh, and, and we just can't have, you know, the mass offensive rebounding, particularly late fourth quarter in a close game that we've seen being happening take place. We're not, the not forcing turnovers is either teams got used to it. All of these could be items of teams reacting and understanding. And, or two is we got tired. Which, you know, when everyone asked early in the year, is this sustainable? That's really what they're asking. It's like, hey, when the season starts to wear you down, can you actually still do these things? Part of the problem might be that for whatever reason, with Mike Conley not in the starting lineup, our starting lineup's defensive rating is pretty horrendous. It's a 128. So we're 124 in the last five games. This is a little worse, 128. And for whatever reason, Colin Sexton and Jared Vanderbilt's plus-minus defensively are really bad. We're 11 points worse when Vanderbilt's on the floor, and we're 12 points worse when Sexton's on the floor defensively. Um, so it's not entirely clear. You know, maybe it has to do a little bit with the tone setting. Despite the way it feels, we're actually not fouling at an outrageous rate. We're f- middle of the pack on fouling. Really, the problem is defensively, And this is crazy that this can drive you to 30th. The Clippers' offense is the opposite of this, though, and I'll talk about this later, is we're 29th in the league in in forcing turnovers, and we're 30th in the league in defensive rebounding. And so despite the fact we're 14th in the league in defending the shot, which is really good, and despite the fact that we're the number one team in forcing teams to take shots in the right places, which is fabulous, those two items, lack of forcing turnovers and lack of defensive rebounding over the last... Five games have led the Jazz to be the worst defensive team in the NBA. It's kind of wild, actually. Hey, it's a Wednesday edition of Locked on Jazz, and um, today's show is brought to you by Intercap Lending and Steve Carter. I got to do it yesterday. I loved it. It's a little slower right now, certainly for some people, but I loved it. I got the email. Hey, could you introduce me to Steve Carter? And then promptly, what happens? But Steve Carter responds to Isaac immediately. Isaac, great to meet you. Love to set up a time where we can look at the loan options and see which one best fits you. Because Steve Carter over at Intercap Lending is simply the best dude that I've ever dealt with. Intercap Lending is a local uh, company which does serve all the states. It's just growing and growing and growing. Why? Because they get deals done. Steve Carter's our own personal loan officer, and he's just simply the best. We love him. 
He just makes us all happy because he does a great job and he takes bonehead people like me who can't focus on anything and get anything done and he gets us through the mortgage process. I've used him twice. Our COOs used him. Numerous lockdown people have used him. It's all over at Intercap Lending. NMLS number 19, or actually Steve's number is 1178666. Ooh, that's a little freaky. Um, you can call Steve Carter at 385-800-8528 or you can do exactly what Isaac did this week and you can email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. We appreciate it so much when you trust us and when you support our sponsors. Steve Carter over at Intercap Lending is our own personal loan officer. He'll give you the Lockdown Jazz corporate discount. So if you call him directly, make sure you mention Lockdown Jazz. But if you want to go through me, email me at dlock09 at gmail.com and I'll set up your meeting with Steve Carter over at Intercap Lending. Today's show is also brought to you by Sweatblock. Those embarrassing moments where the sweat gets the best of you, whether it's a presentation, a dinner, maybe it's a high school kid who's got a prom date or something like that. All of those things out there, and it's never a great time to have embarrassing sweat. So, therefore, we have got sweat block for you. Pamela, who hid in the office bathroom every 30 minutes to dry off her armpit so no one would see the wet circles under her arm, finally has her life back because of sweat block. The stories are endless. Sweat block gives you the confidence to wear what you want without embarrassing sweat. Sweat block wipes were featured and tested on Rachel Ray show by firefighters. And if you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try sweat block. Save 20% with the promo code lockdown at sweatblock.com. It's also available on Amazon, but like 20% off at sweatblock.com by going to using the promo code LOCKED ON. Thanks so much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day for your second listen today. How about Locked On Sports Today? If you checked it out yet, 22 minutes of sports coverage for you, giving you everything you need, uh, updating on all the biggest stories, catching you up, and then letting it roll. Uh, for the rest of the day for you. Plus, game to game in the NBA, always a great way. Boy, that show's good. I really love NBA game to game at Locked on NBA, I have to tell you. All right, I want to look at some of the offensive numbers and shooting numbers without Mike Conley because um, I think there's a few players who are really being dramatically impacted by it. And then I think there's some players who are really rising up and doing some pretty incredible stuff right now. Um, the two guys that I think are most impacted right now by it are Malik Beasley. So in the last five games, and Jordan Clarkson. Last five games, Malik Beasley is 11 of 37 on catch-and-shoot threes. Well, on catch-and-shoot threes for the season, Malik is 42%. So before the injury to Mike Conley, Malik Beasley on catch-and-shoot threes had made 48 of 105. 46%. And since Mike Conley's been out on catch-and-shoot threes, which are set up by somebody making the right pass at the right time, he's down to 30%. So he's gone from 47% to 30% on catch-and-shoot threes. This, if you recall, either postcast, in our broadcast, or on this, that, uh, the minute Mike Conley would said Malik Beasley's going to be the one impacted by this the most. Is not only did Mike Conley know how to find Malik Beasley, but Mike Conley puts the pass there perfectly. Our offense over the last five games has been fine. It's really a tribute to everyone involved um, that the offense has been fine over the last five games, despite everything that this team, you know, despite like how hard it is to play without your point guard. It's a, it's a great sign for what Will Hardy's building and and what this team is because for them to be able to do this is, is awfully impressive. The team shooting in the last five games is eighth best in the NBA. 
Um, their turnover rate, which feels like it should be really, really high uh, without Mike Conley, is actually just in the middle of the pack at 15th. And then the offensive rebounding, which has definitely been a signature, actually is 14th in the league. So they're not doing anything exceptional there, and they're not going to line a huge amount uh, right now. They're just kind of shooting it pretty well, holding it together offensively in a over five-game stretch in a fairly impressive fashion. Um, you know, this is the team that's been the number one or two offense in the league, and they're seventh, but I still think that's it's pretty darn good to see. Um, Beasley has been negatively impacted by it. Markinen has been incredible. Lowry, who probably is not at seven feet, is dependent on everybody else, is just nailing. He's 17 of his last 37 on catch-and-shoot threes. He's shooting 46%. Um, so he's really, he's really nailing that. Um, the other one is Clarkson. Clarkson's been forced to take a ton more off-the-bounce threes because he's got the ball in his hands, he's got to play in that fashion, or he's rushing, you know, he feels as though he's probably got to get going. In the five, we've now played, what are we now, 23 games? 23 games. So in the first 18 games of the year, Jordan Clarkson's off-the-bounce three rate, he had taken 48 off-the-bounce threes, uh, in the first 17 games of the year, so about two and a half a game. And in the last five games, he's taking three and a half a game. So he's up one, that's definitely... He's two of 17 on off-the-bounce threes in the last five games. Those looks just are not as clean, they're not as good. He's got the ball in his hands, they're zeroed in on him, there's no one else for him to, for them to, for them to look to. He, he's, his world is just vastly different right now than it was. Um he was shooting 49% on off-the-bounce threes, usually probably coming off other action prior to Mike Conley's injury. Now, that's an unnatural number, too. Like, Mike Jordan's not going to hold that. But he's not a 12% off-the-bounce three-point shooter either. Um, so that's that one's been tough. Uh, now, some of our guys are really doing some pretty cool stuff. Uh, and namely, Colin Sexton, who, you know, this would be what the criticism of Colin Sexton has been in his career is that he does well without helping his teammates. I think we've seen the opposite. I think we've seen him really, really work hard to try to tap into his teammates. But if you look at what we're doing just in our drive game, you know, this is how we're going to generate our offense. We're driving the basket. We're making plays. Jordan's obviously got the largest burden right now over the last five games. He's had 85 drives. Collins had 65. Those are the two guys running the offense. Collins averaging 1.36 points per drive. Over the last five games, I would take a quick gander to guess that that's one of the highest rates of anyone in the NBA. Um, I'll try to see if I can quickly do that. I had, did not do that beforehand, but I'll see if I can. Um, the the best in the league who has had, you know, we probably have to, 20, who's had at least 20 drives in the last five games, that's four a game, is Kelly Olenek at 1.44. And Colin Sexton is second. And Jordan Clarkson is third. So we've really opened up this kind of awesome drive game uh, that's going on right now over the last five games. Some of these numbers seem a little off to me, um, to be honest with you, because I don't see... Well, no. Yeah, no, some of these numbers, something's off on my numbers here. Just So let's stop on that for a second. Um, for some reason, I'm only getting... Looks to me like I'm only getting certain teams right now. Um, not sure why that happened. Um, yeah. Um, not sure why. Okay, just roll with it. Um, uh, but those let's ignore that. But the fact of the matter is that Olenek, Sexton, and Clarkson on games in which uh 
on the drive game without Mike Conley have been great. They've really picked up the slack there and done uh, some pretty incredible stuff. Uh, and that's really cool to see from Colin because Colin was was not necessarily that way for the whole season. Colin is pretty good. Colin's drive game is a 1.17 best on the team, but it's a 1.36 in the last period of time. So he's just about doubled it. Um, and he's taken 20% of his drives here in the last period, in the last stretch. So he's really, he's really, really picked it up. The, the unfortunate was Taylor Horton Tucker's gone the exact opposite direction. Taylor Horton Tucker, for whatever reason, in this last stretch has become, while well, previously having been on a nice uptick right before Mike got hurt, uh, was on a super nice uptick, was playing uh, much more efficiently out of the drive and out of the pick and roll. And he's unfortunately gone the other way at 0.55 points um, or 0.44 points on drives. On the pick game, uh, we're seeing the same great development. Uh, we're really seeing great development out of Jordan Clarkson, who, you know, as much as we just talked about the burden he's got that he, he's not getting the same shots, he's really playing a pretty terrific uh, pick and roll game, which is not something that's always been his forte. Uh, and with the amount of focus he has on him, uh, it's really impressive. He's been the primary. And again, Colin Sexton's been outstanding. Just absolutely outstanding in the pick and roll game. Um, and he's had to pick it up again. He's taken about, uh, 30% of his pick and rolls in, of the, for the season in the last five games. Uh, really we'd gone away from him as a pick and roll option and let Mike and Jordan do almost all of that pick and roll action earlier this year. And Colin's efficiency has, is through the roof right now, um, on his pick and roll game over the last little while. And the same story, Taylor Horton Tucker, unfortunately really struggling in that way. So just on just pure, Hey, there's some areas where Colin as a, as a distributor, you know, needs to develop. I also think he's had his two best games of the year as a distributor. Uh, but those are some really encouraging positive signs that Colin Sexton um, has done that. And it's another tribute to the way Jordan has expanded his game this year to really to grow and, and take on a larger burden uh, and, and widen what he's capable of doing. Uh, it's neat to see. It's you know, world's greatest players, world's greatest athletes in against the world and developing and adding new things to your game. It's a pretty, it's a pretty unique ability, and it's pretty great to watch. So, uh, keeping on that. All right, Clippers tonight, and we'll keep and we'll uh, get ready. By the way, Collins' floater game is really good right now. He's thirteen of twenty three in the paint, non restricted. So is Jordan. That's the the area of the paint, non restricted. Both of them playing a really really good job in the floater game. Uh, right now that's allowing them to do that. Jordan, by the way, has 24 assists in the last three games, um, which is great. And uh, Malik Beasley over the last five games without Mike Conley, 36% from the field and 33% from three. So that's that's been a, you know much more difficult for him uh, without Mike Conley getting the ball. So those are the themes of kind of the impact on the shooting. But again, the offense has been pretty good and Colin and Clarkson leading that in an impressive fashion. Clippers are... Clicking in without Paul George and without Norman Powell, is that actually possible? Yes, it is. Look out. Here they come. And we've got them tonight. We'll talk about it coming up. Uh, Today's show is brought to you in part by ExpressVPN. We all know how ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online. But here's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies, shows that are available in other countries. Maybe you've run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. This will change your world. Allows you to binge like a UK office or something like that. ExpressVPN lets you control uh, where you want sites to think you're located. You can then choose from 100 different countries. So you imagine all the Netflix libraries you can get. Korean dramas, South Korean Netflix with your Netflix subscription, all sorts of things. Uh, 
All sorts of different ones. It's also not just on Netflix, just using it as an example for you. Uh, there are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason to use ExpressVPN is to watch shows is because it's ridiculously fast. Never any buffering or lag, and you can stream in HD, no problem. ExpressVPN also works on all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more, so you can watch what you want on the big screen and go. If you want access to hundreds of new shows, go to expressvpn.com slash locked on right now, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash locked on. Expressvpn.com slash locked on to learn more. Thanks so much for making Locked On your first listen of the day. Locked On Sports Today, your second listen as well as Locked On NBA for game to game. Clippers are in the house tonight. This is an interesting team. So they've won five out of seven. They've played five games without Paul George. They're the opposite of us in the sense that every single player on their team has had to clip their wings to be able to play for this team. And now all of a sudden, without Paul George and without uh, Kawhi Leonard, these guys get to go to work. So in the last five games, Norman Powell averaging 22 points, shooting 50% for the field, 52% from three. He's gone from taking 10 shots a game to taking 14. He's probably ecstatic. Reggie Jackson's gone from taking, I think it was eight shots a game to taking 14. He's averaging 15 points. He's not shooting it as efficiently as Norman Powell, but he's playing very well, averaging seven assists. Zubak has been a beast. He had a monster game the other one night, 31 and 29, 71% from the field. He's getting five offensive rebounds a game over the last five. We're going to have to be a little careful. Yes, he had 31 points and 29 rebounds the other night. Uh, John Wall... Stepping up as well. He's averaging 14. They have seven players now who are averaging double figures over the last five games. And Amir Coffey's at nine. So this is clearly a group that, you know, is relishing in the fact that they don't have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And because of that, they've actually won some games with an amazing come from behind last night against Portland that some of us, including myself, had to rewatch this morning because we had turned it off. Um, Here's what's interesting about them. Remember we just talked about the Jazz defense and how they're doing a good job against the shot, but they're not doing the other things? So that's the Clippers' offense. The Clippers are 29th in the league offensively. 29th out of 30 offensively. But they're the 11th best team in the league at the shot. This was is actually concerning to me if I was a Clippers fan. So they're 11th in the league, 11th best shooting team in the league. 14th best three-point shooting team. They take an average amount of three-point shots, right on dead average, 35%. The league average right now, by the way, is 36% makes, 36% takes. Um, 36% of your shots are threes and 36% go in. That's the league average. So they're 36.5 and 35%. Like they're right on dead on league average. I don't think they can really swing that and fix that a great deal. What's their problem is they're 26 in the league and taking care of the ball turning it over 16.5% of the time. So a good opportunity for guests to get our turnovers back. They're, they don't offensive rebound. They're 24th in the league in offensive rebounding. 25th in the league in offensive rebounding. So a good chance for us to try to recover that. If they offensive rebound tonight, that's a bad sign for us. And they're 18th in the league at going to the free throw line. So when you look at the four factors, the shot, the turnover, the rebound, and the free throw attempts, they're good at the most important one, which is shooting. But they're bad at the other three, and their roster actually just might not be very good at those things. So what my concern would be if I'm a Clippers fan is I don't know whether or not those other things are actually a great deal fixable. 
I don't know that I see the Clippers as being a team that suddenly starts taking care of the ball at a great rate. They're kind of a turnover-prone team with Paul George and Reggie Jackson. I don't know that I see a team that likes to pull Zubak and go small becomes a good offensive rebounding team. And they're never a team that goes to the free throw line a lot. And they're not a team that shoots at the rim a great deal. They're a little better this year than they have been in, in the past, but they usually are a team that averts their offense away from the rim just due to their personnel, not like, oh, let's not shoot at the rim on purpose. But the Clippers this year are 23rd in the league at shooting at the rim. And if you don't shoot at the rim, that's generally where fouls are drawn. Fouls are drawn on drives and right at the rim. They're actually drawn a little less at the rim than you think. Um, they're drawn usually at about 8 to 12 feet out. Um, but if you look at the Clippers last year, they were 28th in the league at shooting at the rim. So they're not going to be a team that suddenly becomes a massive free throw shooting team. So I, I would be a bit concerned as a Clipper fan that of whether or not this offense actually is going to turn the corner. They're 24th in the league in the half court. They're fifth in the league in transition. So when John Wall or Reggie Jackson gets out and runs, they're pretty good. And so that's going to be the key for us in this game tonight is can you keep them in the half court, make them play half court basketball, and then can we clear the rebound? So those are the two keys uh, for the game tonight. Um, One other note of interest, by the way, just trying to understand like who we are, where we are. You know, I think we got this great start and then – we can't figure out why all of a sudden things have slipped a little bit. Uh, similar team with actually much higher intentions, I think, of winning when the season started is the uh, Portland Trailblazers. And the Portland Trailblazers, I believe, Dame Lillard went out. I was trying to find the day in which Dame Lillard uh, went out. I think he, Dame played his last game, if I remember correctly, um, against us when he strains the calf in that fabulous Saturday game uh, when the Jazz and the Blake the Jazz and the uh, one back, 118-113. And since then, they've lost to the Bucks, the Cavaliers, beat the Knicks in overtime, lost to the Nets, and lost to the Clippers. So they're experiencing a very similar run. They got the one overtime win over the Knicks. They won that one close game, to their credit. Um, and they had to go on the road as well. So they're now, and then they kind of got it brutal here. They went on the road, and then they play one game at home after an East Coast trip, and then they go to the road tonight to play the Lakers. I think they'll get throttled tonight. I mean, they were on the literally they were on the East Coast for the Nets, Knicks and the Nets on Sunday. They flew back one day to play the Clippers last night. Somehow ran out of gas in the fourth quarter. No surprise. Go to a back-to-back in L.A. tonight on 3 a.m. They then do get Thursday and Friday off before they play us on the road on Saturday before they get a five-game homestand. A pretty brutal little stretch of schedule there for the Blazers. So not surprising, but you know, worth noting, here's another team similar to us that lost their veterans kind of controlled guard who keeps everything together, and now they suddenly aren't winning ballgames. All right, uh, last thing tonight, our officials tonight are Rodney Mott, who is in his 25th year, has called 51 playoff games and no NBA finals. Eric Dallin, who we like to call the bull from night court, he's in his 15th season out of Minnetonka, Minnesota. I think he played football at the University of Minnesota, if I remember correctly. Um, He has called one playoff game in 14 seasons. And our third official tonight is a non-roster official, Cherie Mitchell, number 98. That, my friends, is Locked on Jazz today. Hope you enjoyed. Have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you coming up on uh, postcast after the game with Ron Boone, as well as Locked on Jazz tomorrow. Have a good one.